It's Against All Odds presented by FanDuel. You know, the playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. You filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today. And bet with Fandle, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 or older, 18 or older in D.C., and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Cousin Sal's winning yeah! weekend. Thank you, thank you. It's a long show. Let's save some of that big fan energy. How's this for a parlay coming up? We've got former NFL lineman and current mensch of the month, Jeff Schwartz, plus Brother Bry in the handicapping hot seat this week. We're going to go over all the important week three matchups, and we're going to get my thoughts on if the buzzsaw Arizona Cardinals will win a game this season in another installment of Wager Rager. But first, let's start with the Thursday night clash. The 49ers took care of business at home, to no one's surprise. And I'm going to sum it all up with my four takeaways in a segment we're still calling Cover Four. Number one. This game made me nostalgic for the old 49ers-Giants rivalry. You know, Purdy versus Jones is fine, but it doesn't have the same ring to it as Montana Sims, coaching showdowns between Walsh and Parcells, the bone-shattering hits of Ronnie Lott and Lawrence Taylor. Those will never be topped. So many great games. There was the massacre in the Meadowlands game in 86, the There Will Be No Three-Peat game in 90. Then in 91, there was the Thrilla in San Francisco. Okay, I made that up. But there were some great ones. And to top it off, the sweet sounds of Huey Lewis in the News singing the national anthem at Candlestick. Through the night. I get weepy just thinking about it. I may need a new drug. Number two. I got to hand it to Brock Purdy. Did you see him in action tonight? Can we get some applause for Brock Purdy? Purdy. Still perfect in the regular season. Mr. Irrelevant is all of a sudden incredibly relevant. 20 to 1 to win the MVP heading into the Thursday night game. It'll move a tick lower. And looking back, the 49ers really have had the best string of quarterbacks, right? A 20-year run of starters from Montana to Young, which is somehow a better succession than the Roy family. Jeff Garcia, Alex Smith, Jimmy G, Colin Kaepernick took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. There are some Tim Rattays off to the side, but for the most part, the 49ers have had success at quarterback no matter who they had behind center. Keep that cell phone nearby, Margot Robbie. Bay Area Barbie backup is waiting in the wings. Number three. This might be considered a hot take, but I think Josh Allen was in too many commercials tonight and in general. Here's what I've counted since football returned. Verizon, Tostitos, Gillette, I'm pretty sure I saw him posing as an attorney soliciting asbestos victims. And listen, Josh, can I call you Josh? Good. I have no problem with this. Go get your money. The issue is your teammates hate you for this. I don't know this for a fact, but I do know this for a fact. It's one thing if Tom Brady wants to trick you into thinking he consumes imitation crab Subway sandwiches. He won a Super Bowl like every three months for two decades. Josh Allen hasn't done that. 
He has, though, fumbled 17 times in the last 20 games. My point is, refocus, Baker. I mean, Josh. For the rest of the season, I want to see Josh Allen competing with Joe from Cincinnati, not Jake from State Farm. Number four. So the Giants dump another one. They're now one and two. Seattle, Miami, Buffalo next on the schedule. Not very promising. And it leads me to the question everyone's been asking, which is, how much do you think about the Roman Empire? No? All right, that's super interesting too. But the real question is, is Brian Dayball the savior he was portrayed as? And don't get me wrong, he did a really good job getting this team to the playoffs last year, actually winning a game, but kind of lucky get in there, right? They went 9-7-1 and 1-4-1 in the division. They lost to the Cowboys twice. They lost to the Eagles thrice. And really, anything was going to be an improvement from the disaster known as Joe Judge. Let's face it, Judge Joe would have been a step up from Joe Judge. Prediction. By Halloween, Giants fans will be calling for the GM to perform an exorcism with their head coach. That does it for cover four. Now, some bets you spend hours crunching the numbers and analyzing data looking for an edge. This is not one of them. Settle in for my weekly attempt at a mostly comedic and possibly angry look at a bet that I'm backing. It's time for Wager Rager. All right, if you were lucky enough to remember your YouTube TV password last week, you may have noticed there were some devastating and perplexing losses in the NFL, but none stood out more than the lowly Arizona Cardinals blowing a 21-point lead to the New York Giants. That's right, the New York Giants, a team that forgot to score in week one, went into Glendale, Arizona, and performed a red wedding on the Red Birds. And while implications of that loss for the Cardinals seem more suspicious than an all-you-can-eat sushi buffet at a gentleman's club in Las Vegas, I am in the minority when I say I don't believe the cards are folding their cards. I get it was weird a few months ago when Arizona announced that starting QB slash homework hater Kyler Murray would start the season on the PUP list. And then before the regular season even started, they cut all-pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Shortly after, they dealt former first-round pick Isaiah Simmons for a seventh-rounder. I think they even traded their mascot, Big Red, for some pool noodles. And so the case was mounting that the Cardinals were tanking the season. And I'm here to tell you that case should be dismissed because tanking is nearly impossible in football. There are too many players. There are too many risks. There's no crying in baseball. And there's no tanking in football. Well, unless you count Tank Bigsby, who is somehow going to be starting on my terrible fantasy team this week. Look, this isn't the NBA where players just sit out because they have a tummy ache or because they're named Kawhi Leonard. If the Arizona Cardinals were really tanking, there would be much easier ways to do it than lose games by blowing 21-point leads. For instance, they could forget to put gas in the team bus on the way to the stadium, or they could replace their playbook with a comic book. They could punt on first down. Oh, how about this? If they really wanted to lock up the first pick, they could name Urban Meyer head coach. And why would they even do this anyway? Well, the foregone conclusion is they will lose enough games to draft last year and probably this year's Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. Couple things about this. Number one, Caleb Williams' father hasn't given him permission to declare for the draft until he finishes his spinach. And number two, even if the Cardinals did have the opportunity to nab Caleb Williams, quarterbacks drafted early have less of a guarantee of success than an on-time Spirit Airlines departure. Cover up, I'm about to drop some names. Tim Couch, Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, Achilles Smith, Joey Harrington, Johnny Manziel. And listen, I know there have been some stars along the way too. 
And I'm not saying those quarterbacks I named were all bad, but I've had Uber drivers with higher ratings than those dudes. And that's why I don't believe the Cardinals are going to tank. In fact, I have a more than Josh Rosen outlook for the Arizona Cardinals. I see some wins in their not-so-distant future. Let's take a look. First one coming. Keep scrolling. Scroll the schedule. Almost there. Yes. Stop. Okay. November. So somewhat distant future. But I think it's going to happen. And our dear friends at FanDuel have provided recreational odds. And so I'm recreationally targeting Week 10 for the Cardinals' first win at 15-1. to 1. Until then, the only tanking I want to see Kyler Murray doing is while he's playing Call of Duty. I actually lost money on that Call of Duty game. Hey, we have a great show for you. We're going to talk to Oregon Duck legend and all-around mensch Jeff Schwartz. And when we return, my dear pal, brother Brian and I are going to crush the NFL and college football slate. Stick around. You can't afford not to. to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. We're going to run through the rest of the show from a no huddle. Is that good with everybody? Joining me now to go over all the important NFL Week 3 games and the big college matchups is an old friend of mine, a guy who I once bloodied into submission during a pillow fight many years ago <laughs> at football camp. He survived, he's here, and he's part of the D3 on Against All Odds podcast, making his television debut, Brother Bry Sicoli. What's happening, Bry? What's going on, buddy? I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I can't believe you're actually having me on. But I guess if Harry can do this, I, I guess I can do it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So we had Harry on, and uh, he didn't fare so well. And then your brother, the Parlay Kid, came on, and yep. he did well. He was 10 and 8. So that's really what you have to beat. Can you beat 10 and 8? Well, yeah, I'm going to be optimistic. You know, Parlay Kid on the podcast gave out. He, he <laughs> said he could do 6 and 12. So that, that was good. I'm glad he did 10 he and 8. I am. Us. Yeah. I'm aiming, I can't even remember how many games we're doing, but I'm aiming for uh, like 66%. Okay. So like 10, 10 of 15, if we're doing 15. All right. No, well, we're doing 93 bit. games. So I oh. think that's about, oh, right. uh, you got to right. go, win about 59 or something. <laughs> I'm not going to be prepared then. Not gonna be <laughs> By the way, I mentioned that pillow fight, and um, I am glad you recovered from that. But I should mention, there was a little age discrepancy back then. <laughs> I think I was 16 and you were six. Is that I was, right? I was seven. Oh, seven. you were seven. Okay, I don't yes. feel as bad. I thought but it wasn't, six. we didn't actually get into a real pillow fight. I just walked through the door at football yeah. camp. And as soon as I walked through the door, you hit me with a, a ton of bricks. I feel like that's consensual. I really do. <laughs> at least back then it was. All right, so there you go. All right, so Harry's been on. You already beat Harry by wearing a shirt that fits. And your brother, Darren, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one you have to beat. So let's start with the Cowboys and the Cardinals. This is my team. We're going to go with opening lines here. The Cowboys are laying 12 and a half and 43 is the over both teams two and zero against the spread so this yes. is a phenomenal matchup it really is i mean who's gonna blink first uh i made the case earlier why the cardinals aren't tanking by the way two and zero against the spread indicates they're, they're hanging with people right so yep. the cowboys have outscored their opponents 70 to 10. uh they got up for the new york teams certainly the giants opening sunday then the home opener against the jets i'm a little worried that maybe they don't get up for this but, Bri, the talent level, it's so lopsided. You don't really see that in the NFL too much, but it just is. Buda Baker out for Arizona. I just think Josh Dobbs is going to have a tough day running from Micah Parsons and the rest of that really, really sturdy Cowboys defense. Battle of the ATS Giants won by the Cowboys 33-17. I think you agree with me on the spread. 
Yeah, I agree with you here. Like you said, both teams 2-0 against the spread, yet I'm backing the huge favorite. And again, I'm a little nervous as well. And look, the Cardinals played well for three quarters of each of those first two games, mm -hmm. but they've been awful in the fourth quarter, being outscored 27 to nothing so far. The Giants, too, had absolutely no pass rush on Sunday. And this game is going to be much different. The, the Cowboys are going to get after Dobbs. The Cardinals are not going to be able to stop the Cowboys, and the Cardinals are going to struggle on offense here. So I think the Cowboys cover that large number, and they win 34-13. to 13. Yeah, you talk about how much they struggle in the fourth quarter of the Cardinals. That's kind of the reason I'm not worried about a backdoor cover here, right? So the game is going to be it, be what it is, right? It's not going to be like yeah. that Giants game uh, for certain. Uh, I did want to throw a prop at you or a futures bet. Boy, everybody talking about it. Maybe it's just me talking about Micah being the greatest defensive player of all time. Maybe the greatest player of all time. I don't know. I don't know where you want to stop with this, but his <laughs> defensive player of the year numbers have dropped to like plus 190. I've seen uh. in some spots, 230. It's been jumping around that. But what about 60 to one? Can I, can I interest you in 60 to one for MVP? Oh, oh, that's interesting, Sal. 60 to one for MVP. You know what? I, I would think about a flyer on that. I mean, it's very, it's, Probably it's never going to happen. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to. Well, not uh, if we bet it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely jumping on defensive player of the year. You know, even at, even at two to one, I know you, you got guys like Watt, two are right there, but yeah. the level that Parsons is playing at right now is insane. And I like to tease all my Giants friends that say, yeah. to say, hey, he, he is LT. And in all honesty, I think he might be. Well, to collect on the 60 to 1, he's going to have to match LT, who was the last defensive player to win this MVP award. But yeah, I, uh, I mean, the fact that Dak is 16 to 1 should be a little closer than that, at least. Um, yeah. Anyway, he's going to end up with 20 sacks. It's going to be a beautiful thing. All right, let's move on. Falcons at the Lions. The Lions favored by four and a half. The over-under is 45 and a half. That's the opening numbers. Uh, I was a little down on both of these teams coming into the year. Not as much on the Lions. I still thought they'd sneak in as a seven seed. I still feel that way. Falcons, everybody loved, and now they're 2-0, and and everybody loves them even more. Um, I don't know. They took care of probably the worst offensive team in the league in the Panthers, I, I, I have to say, right now. And then they beat up on a, a beat-up Packers team at home. They took care of both of these teams at home. Lions surprised many with a win at Arrowhead and then just fell apart against Seattle last week in the second half. Falcons won 6-1 and one against the spread on the road off of a win. There's too much Arthur Smith love going on now. Um, I don't love the Lions laying points normally, but weren't they giving Seattle four and a half? I, I just feel like they're yeah. much better than Seattle's much better than Atlanta. Atlanta is getting too much credit. I think this number is actually light uh, compared to what it could be. I'm taking the Lions. Yeah, I see why you like the Lions to bounce back after that loss, but I just get the sense this Lions team are going to be in a lot of close games this season, and, and I, I just don't think that defense can put teams away. And look, they Sal, they suffered a ton of big injuries in that game against the Seahawks. Gardner Johnson out for a while. They yeah. lost their edge rusher, Houston, who had eight sacks as a rookie last year. A few other key players are likely going to be out. So, look, the, the Falcons are one of those teams, right? They haven't even played well yet, and they've hung around, and they're 2-0. and I think they keep this really close, and, and they cover. It's going to be interesting to see what Goff does, right? He had 330 whatever passes without an interception. Then he threw one last week. Is he now in a funk? Or do, I don't expect him to go another 330 without an interception. But let's see what kind of Jared Goff shows up. By the way, real quick, Bijan plus 190. 
for offensive rookie of the year, too low, too low. Too this low, is what I mean yeah. about the Falcons yeah. love. The way the running backs are going down, so many other options out there, right, Brian? Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. So, like, I think plus 190 for rookie of the year. We've seen that in years past, right? Like, you get that low number early on. Those numbers quickly switch, right? All that has mm -hmm. to happen is, unfortunately, like we said, run, running backs – He's just got to go down and miss a week or two or something like that, unfortunately. So plus 190 is too low for me to jump on that number, even though he's been fantastic. Right. All right, Saints at Packers. Packers minus one and a half. They are home. That's what it opened at, 43 and a half. Short week for New Orleans. Not a great performance against the lackluster Panthers team and a lackluster crowd, I would say, too. But Derek Carr had some flashes of brilliance. I like the fact that Michael Thomas is in the mix, had seven receptions. I think they win this game. I have higher hopes for the Saints. I have them winning that division. I think the Packers are still banged up. You're going the other way. Yeah, I'm going the other way. And look, that was a, that was bad for the Saints to give up that backdoor cover uh, on Monday night or a push, whatever you got you got it at. But mm -hmm. their defense has played well. And look, I'll say, you know, I've kind of I've been a car basher for years. He, he has made a couple big plays late in these games that have clinched wins. But I will say he's still been very inconsistent at times. And even I think in, in both these games, he's been a little bit lucky with some of the turnovers that it hasn't hurt them as much. So I think in Lambeau, I could see him struggling there against the Packers defense. I'm going to say he turns over the ball twice in this game. And look, the Saints last season were just one and three against the spread when they had a rest disadvantage. So on the short, short week, on the road, give me the Packers. All right. Um, I think I'm the only one in the country taking this, but on FanDuel, you could bet the last remaining winless team. No, last remaining undefeated team. You could bet both, actually. But last remaining undefeated team, Saints at 10-1. to 1. Oh. They get by the Pack Packers. Bucks, Patriots, Texans, Jags, Colts, Bears. It's pretty easy. I mean, maybe they're not even undefeated, Ooh. in which case I'd lose that bet, but... We could be looking at six and two or something. Oh man, if, if Derek Carr is undefeated, if he's the last undefeated team, I'm gonna have I'm you're gonna, gonna lose your mind. I'm gonna have a problem with that. Prize and Raiders fan. We'll get to them in a minute. All right, Broncos at Dolphins, six and a half, forty eight and a half is where it opened. I'm going Broncos. Boy, I benefited from that garbage rust touchdown at the end. Mm -hmm. That hail mary that was six yards short of the end zone. Um, but I don't know if I got. I had an adjusted line, so I cashed with Denver. I also got screwed a little. They were up twenty one. Three, uh, again, physical game for Miami uh, early, in the, you know, the last game of the week. Uh, sorry, late Sunday night, kind of a short week. I think this is a tough one to get up for at home against Denver. I don't think Sean Payton's quite out of it yet. This could be Russell Wilson's last, you know, they could pull him after this, Bry, and I don't think it's happening. You know what? I'm picking an upset here, 26-24. I think Denver plays oh. good enough defense, and they score. You're going Dolphins. I'm going Dolphins. And look, I'll tell you why. Look, it's really difficult when these West Coast teams come to the East Coast and they have to play a one o'clock game. You are mm -hmm. essentially playing a 10 a.m. game. And we saw what happened with the Raiders in Buffalo on Sunday when that happens. And that happens all the time. Being a Raiders fan, that happens all the time. So I think the Broncos are at a significant disadvantage. And look, the Broncos just don't have the offense right now to stay with the Dolphins who are two and zero against the spread. And look, I think we all assume the Broncos defense would be good, but they've struggled down the stretch. They haven't been able to get crucial stops in these first two weeks. Look, Russell got sacked seven times in the last game of the Dolphins. I think are going to get pressure on them. I think the Dolphins win by two touchdowns. So you and I Whoa. are way off on this one. Yeah, we're way off. So what does that mean? It comes somewhere in the middle, right? <laughs> you don't, you don't win, don't right cover. on the spread. Right. I on can't spread. imagine that we can <laughs> both, any of us, either of us can win. All right, Chargers at Vikings. One and a half point favor. The Chargers are on the road. 54 and a half is the over-under. That's the opening line. 
I'm going Vikings. I just like the Vikings better this year. You know, I picked them to win the division. Not looking great. Both these teams 0-2. One of them's going to be 0-3. Or they could both be 0-2-1. Maybe they just settle yes. it right now. I mean, they both <laughs> lose one-score games all the time. Um, you know, I don't know what to make of the Chargers. They're not turning the ball over, and they're losing. So that's a new thing. That's I, I guess you could blame Staley for that, too, or maybe more. Uh, now more than ever, but I'm going the Vikings. They're 21 and nine against the spread, coming off a loss and then playing at home. That's my pick. Vikings win this game. Uh, look, I like the Vikings too, but you brought up something good, Sal. What are the odds right now of a tie? Because mm. I, it totally could be this game ends and we're like, oh my God, that was the, we knew that was going to happen, right? Um, yeah. But I just think, look, this Chargers team, they should be on prime time every weekend because every game is the best game to watch. But betters just can't help themselves. They keep getting roped into the Chargers week after week. And I know the Chargers actually were pretty good against the spread last season, but still, they are just frustrating beyond belief. Like their defense had five sacks last week, but they let Tannehill go 20 of 24 with some huge plays late, right? We were just talking mm -hmm. about, I can't believe the week before, oh, Tannehill's done. I can't believe how bad he is. So look, the Vikings, extra days rest at home, should be able to put up a bunch of points. I think this is a really exciting game, exciting game. And I think uh, they edge out the Chargers and cover here. All right. All right, moving on. Pats at Jets. The Patriots were a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 37-and-a-half. I think that's the smallest under on the board. I'm taking the Patriots. I keep using this Bill Belichick won't be embarrassed excuse. I mean, this is a guy who wears 40-year-old hoodies with termite holes all over them, and how, how could this guy? I mean, he gets embarrassed enough, and he doesn't care. But I don't think it's going to happen against the Jets. He has covered his last five against the Jets. Eight and two against the spread in the last 10. This is a Bill Belichick game, low scoring game. Um, I don't even know. I mean, it could be like uh, 17, 20 to 14, somewhere in there. I'm taking New England. Or, or three nothing, so, right? Oh, how, yeah, how, can you, how can you possibly back the Jets in this game, right? Mm -hmm. they, have to, they have to beat the Pats before you start betting them. The Pats have won 14 straight against the Jets, covered the last five. Wilson has been absolutely atrocious against this team. So I like you, Sal, like a really low-scoring game. Uh, I'm saying 20 to 13 uh, Patriots. Yeah, three of the last four between these two have gone 39 or fewer. Yeah, so yep. the Cheatriots uh, win and prevail in a low-scoring game. By the way, Jets 6-14 and 14 home off a loss in the last 20. Uh, let's do Bills Commanders. Bills 6.5-point favorite, 44.5 is the over-under. I was impressed with the running game for Washington Robinson and Gibson and Sam Howell throwing the ball. Chase Young seems to be back defensively. Comeback win uh, against Denver. Tough to do in that altitude. Um, less impressed with their victory over Arizona. Obviously, the Bills blew that Jets game and then came back. They blew out your Raiders. I'm sorry, Bri. Um, it's weird to say, but I feel like if they hand off enough, keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands, I know that's ridiculous to say, but James Cook at 123 yards rushing, that's the difference between the good Bills and the not-so-good Bills, and I'm taking the good Bills 28-19. I think they win in cover. Yeah, I'm taking the commanders here. Look, Robinson, we saw Robinson. He ran the ball really well. I was pleasantly surprised by Howell in that game. This line just seems a little bit too big for me, and it's hard for me to judge anyone going up against the Raiders at times. And look, the NFC right now might just be a little bit, bit better. I think this game is really close, and I'm going to take the Commanders. I think this is a three-point game. Right. Washington plus 205 to make the playoffs. You taking it? Nope. I didn't think so. All right. Hey, I'm not done with you yet, brother, Bri. Coming up, we're going to finish the rest of week three in the NFL, plus an unprecedented college slate. So many big matchups to break down next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend.
back to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. You know, during the commercial break, Brother Bry had his car repossessed, but he's still here with us. That's what a gamer he is. Bry, you played tight end at Stony Brook, right? Uh, yeah, I was there for, I played for two years, although I was always hurt, and I ended up uh, videotaping most of the practices and games. So good job. Oh, that's me. good. All right. Yep. Is that how you hurt your your back so badly? <laughs> on, the, on, that, on that scaffolding. <laughs> it was tough to climb up there. I got it. I understand. All right, listen. Uh, here we go. Let's. We got some more games. I wish. I wish we were done. No, I wish we were never done. I want to keep going with these Colts and Ravens. Ravens eight and a half point favorite. Forty four and a half is the over under. Anthony Richardson looks like he's out. Gardner Minshew. Brian, I don't know if the line moved. If it's eight eight and a half, do they do they consider Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew the same? Maybe they should. Nineteen to twenty three for Minshew. One hundred seventy one yards. Didn't throw an interception. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts here, plus the points. Ravens, same kind of thing with a lot of these games. Tough in-division matchup the Ravens had against the Bengals. Physical. I don't know how they get up for this Colts game. So I think like a 24-20 win is more like it. Ravens were winless 0-2 against the spread when playing as at least an eight-point favorite last year. I think that continues. Yeah, look, I, th I agree with you here, so I'll take the Colts. I, I think it's a little bit of a letdown for the Ravens. Look, Lamar was great in week two, but I just kind of like how the Colts have been playing. Steichen seems to have a good handle on things. I like what the offense is doing. They were they were right there in week one, got the huge lead in week two. I, I think this is a 10-point game late, but the Colts get a nice little uh, backdoor cover. Yep, sounds right. Bears at Chiefs, 12-and-a-half, 48-and-a-half. That's how it opened. Chiefs uh, won the division already. Brian, we were talking about it on Against yes, All Odds. You said, that, you said that stuck out to you at minus 150 when all they were chasing at the time was the Raiders in first place, and now they're like 230-240. They're 57-21 against the spread at home off of a win. The Bears, 4-10-1 against the spread off of a loss. I just don't think, you know, they're going to fall behind. I just don't think Justin Fields is going to have it in them. To throw for two scores and quick scores and all that stuff. 35-13. Chiefs, I think this one's easy. Yeah, I agree with you here, too. The Bears look like the worst team in the NFL through two games. Fields is either running for his life or throwing terrible passes. And look, this Chiefs defense to start the season has been legit. They haven't given up much at all. So if they play like that again, the Chiefs are just going to run away with this one. I think it's a 31-10 to 10 type of uh, Chiefs game here. You and I always like betting the Chiefs and Mahomes for MVP, and you get them both at 6-1. to one. You can get them still at 6-1 to one entering week three. I just think it eventually pays off, and the slightest slip-up by Tua, and those numbers are going to really shrink, you're going to see. All right, Steelers at Raiders. I'm so stick sick of this Steelers team, Bri. And now they go to your team, and it's a night game. And the Steelers, of course, are giving a point and a half, even though the Raiders were in first place last week. 45 is the over-under. It was one and a half to start the week. Uh, you know, the Steelers just do it. We talk about it on the podcast. They find a stupid way to win. They, You know, 22 first downs to nine Monday night against the Browns. They were out gained by 160 yards overall offensively. I think Jimmy G's better than Pickett. Uh, I think Canada and Tomlin cross, you know, cancel each other out. I'm going Raiders here. I'm taking your team to win this game. For God's sakes, put it together. Get a win on the board there, Brian. Yeah, we're on a lot of these uh, together here. I think that Steelers win against the Browns was very big for the Raiders. An 0-2 Steelers team would not have been ideal coming yeah. into to Vegas. But for whatever reason, the Raiders have played really well against the Steelers. This is kind of how I feel when the Raiders play the Broncos and the Chargers. Uh, they choked last year in that game, but they are six and three against them in their last nine. Steelers coming off that emotional Monday night win uh, against their rival. 
uh, playing on short rest. So I think the Raiders get the win here and cover. Not a good spot for the Raiders at Buffalo in a game, you know, no, after sure. Buffalo was 0-1. So you're right. This is the opposite of that. They have a, uh, a celebratory Steelers team coming in, maybe catching by surprise. Eagles yep. at Bucks, six and a half, 46 is where it opened. Bucks 11-2 at home off a win their last 14. Eagles 4-11 against the spread on the road after a win. I think they're the weird story, Bry, of the mm. year. I think Baker keeps it going, and I think they pull off the upset Monday night. I'm going 23-20. Take Tampa. Oh no, Sal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying too, but uh, yeah, this Bucks team are is this the year here? This is like, are they good? Just are for a good? minute, just for September. They, for for a minute, yeah, that defense has been good, and and Mayfield, I will say, was magically getting away from some defenders on Sunday. But I I'm gonna say it doesn't last here. You know, if the Bears were getting that type of pressure against Mayfield, and they have no pass rush the Eagles certainly will and I think again the Eagles are another one of those haven't played well yet and they're still sitting at 2-0 and I think the Eagles offense starts to gel a little bit more here and they cover this one Baker yeah, I know I was screaming about DeMar Hamlin and anyone's crazy not to vote for him for you know comeback player of the year but listen to this Baker 25 to 1 25 to 1 that's going to be mark mm, my words in two weeks that's going to be 100 to 1 no I don't know <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere around that. All I right. Like hey. Those odds are good, though, Sal. Those odds are good. It's not bad. It's not bad if you like anyone other than Hamlin. Uh, six 3 0 matchups in college. I don't think it's ever happened before, Bry. Let's start with Old Miss at Alabama. That's 7 55. Not a very inspiring win by Alabama over USF. I know it was raining, but what they went 17 3. They're 2 1, and conference play begins for them Saturday versus the Rebels. Jalen Milrow. I, they, they were going to bench them. They brought him back. I was like, this is a guy. As soon as I said he's a, my second pick for Heisman, boom, did nothing against Texas and uh, got him out of the picture there. But anyway, he's going to start. Nick Saban went with him over Buckner and, and Simpson. It's hard to believe they're stuck after like a decade of great quarterbacks. They're stuck choosing every week over who to uh, start. So I, you know, they slipped a little Alabama. I don't know what to make out of Old Miss. They beat Mercer, Tulane, and Georgia Tech. I like that Jackson Dart, though, Brian. I think he's an underrated yeah. uh, quarterback. All we do is hear about these Pac-12 quarterbacks and, you know, the Caleb Williams of the world. But Jackson Dart, what do you go for, 137 yards rushing, 136 last week? I'm going to yeah. take the seven points here. Yeah, I'm t look, so I'm taking the points here. This, this has definitely been the worst offense that Saban has ever had at Alabama, let alone maybe he's ever had. The run game has been non-existent. The offensive line has struggled. I'm, I'm glad that they went back to Milrow because Buckner was not the answer. We saw him struggle at Notre Dame. Oh, and Ole Miss so far, this offense has looked good. Like you said, Jackson Dart's legs are, are probably going to cause problems for Bama here. They are 3-0 against the spread. Uh, and I think, you know, they had a chance to beat them last year. I think they keep this one really close here, so. Yeah, Rebel, Rebels are 12-6 and six against the spread last 18 versus Alabama, and they get off the good starts in September, 5-1 and one against the spread yeah. last six September games. Like Colorado it. at Oregon. All right, this is the one. I'm sending <laughs> my kid to college. He had to choose between Colorado and Oregon. He basically picked the better football team. I'm not kidding. He's like, Oregon, it'll be a better experience. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll root for the uh, Ducks, and they'll win. And now it's right there for him. The first week up there, 21 and a half point favorite. It's been bouncing around 22 and a half. I saw some 23s. Oregon favored 70 and a half is the over under. I believe preseason it was 20 and then Colorado upset TCU and it went to 14. This uh, as a look ahead line, this line. And now 
I'm just going to take Oregon. I've said enough about this Colorado team. I think it's great what Dion's doing, keeping people up on the East Coast watching. Bri, you, you, you're lucky. I mean, you like the games to go to four in the morning on the East Coast, right? <laughs> you don't care. You probably watched that game three well, times. Well, I got Yeah, it was 2, 2 a.m. That game right. was finishing up here. I just don't think they're as good as everyone says, right? I mean, the quarterback, the kid's good. Shador Sanders, I think, is good. But I think you could pick this defense apart with short routes. And that's kind of what Colorado State did last week in, in a game they should have won. I don't know what happened with Norville. He was really a, a, really a pansy, really <laughs> laid off the gas on fourth and two from the 43 and not going for a two-point conversion in overtime. We'd be talking about a different Colorado team. But as it is, this is one of the games of the week, probably top two. I'm going to go Oregon. Uh, they covered every game this year, 1-0 when favored by 21 or more. Shador Sanders' team puts up 21, but I think Oregon could put up 50, and that adds yeah. up to a 29-point difference. Yeah, I'm going against you, Sally. And look, I think you we we know at this point you are going to go against Colorado in all 12 <laughs> games this season. Okay. And, I, and I will say, if Colorado wins this game, how about Archie has to go from or he's got to transfer within wow. the first week he's there if Colorado wins this game. Um, but look, I think the thing about this game is if you really like Oregon to cover here, I think you have to think, which is possible, I think you have to think Oregon can get to 50 points in this game because mm -hmm. I think even on a bad day, I think Colorado's offense is still going to get into the 20s in their, in their points. I do think last week was somewhat of a wake-up call for Colorado. They aren't nearly as good as they, they thought they were. So, so I think that's good for them, though. I think they bounce back and play a little bit better, keep this one a little bit closer. I think they keep it within, within 14 in a relatively high-scoring game. Do you think Hunter, the two-way player, oh, but the parlay kid loved Hunter uh, for, uh, for, for Heisman. Yeah, I mean, it went, that shrunk down 100 to 40 to one, right? And then now, now he's out. Thousand. Yeah, now, now it's way, way, <laughs> way up there. Uh, the Baker and Mayfield numbers three weeks from now. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you think that figures into the spread at all? you think there's a point difference with his absence? Uh, I think so. I think there has to be a little bit of that has to factor in a little bit, Sal, because, look, he's been a great two-way player for them. I think him not being on offense hurts them. Him not being on defense definitely hurts them. So that's got to that's got to fluctuate the line like two points. I would think maybe hurts them even more on defense. I think out of the two, yeah, but definitely. we'll see. We'll see. All right, Ohio State at Notre Dame, three point favorite. Ohio State, fifty four and a half is the over under. This has been jumping around a little bit. I saw three and a half. Now three. Who knows where it'll settle Saturday? I'm taking Ohio State. You know, Brian, when we went over conference odds in August on Against All Odds, we went to the look-ahead lines for some of these individual games, and Ohio State was a one-point favorite over Notre Dame. Um, and I was thinking, I'm like, I'm not sure they did enough. There was enough discrepancy between what they've done and what Notre yep. Dame has done the first few weeks to warrant that two-point difference. But uh, I mean, Notre Dame was 98 to six in the first two weeks, and then they beat NC State by three touchdowns, and then they hammer Central Michigan. Ohio State defense just might be too good in general, you know, and we might see a 23-17 type game. I like this game to go under, and I like Ohio State to win. Which way? You're going the other way, right? Yeah, I'm going to take Notre Dame here. And look, I'm always one to take Ohio State in this matchup. They've won pretty convincingly in the last five, even though last year was a close game. I think that the difference for me is McCord has been pretty good for Ohio State at QB. But I think he's going to be a little bit shaky to start this game because of that environment. It's only his fifth start. And, and Notre Dame's got a, a lot of production out of Estime. And, and Sam Hartman's been 
fantastic so far, completing 71% of his passes, no interceptions and 13 touchdowns here. So I think this is actually a relatively low scoring game. And I'd prefer to take the points here in this. It's going to be a crazy environment. I'd take the points with the home team. I'm looking at these. I know every year it's a different team, but Ohio State four and one against the spread in the last five against Notre Dame. Ohio Mm -hmm. State also five and oh straight up in the last five against Notre Dame. Yeah, I think McCord does have trouble, struggles a little bit early, but then eventually finds Harrison Jr. And uh, it's still a one-score game, but in Ohio State's favor. Sam Hartman fourth right now, Brian. You mentioned him on the Heisman list at 10-1. to If he wins this game, is he right neck and neck with Caleb Williams, or is this going to be Caleb Williams until he screws up? Well, it's, yeah, it's tough to say. I don't necessarily, it's funny because I think they're going to potentially win this game or keep it close. I don't know if that makes them any better of a Heisman favorite here because I do think, I still think somebody out of that Pac-12, as crazy as that sounds, is winning the Heisman here. Whether it's Cable Williams or whether it's Penix, you know, one of those guys I think is winning it. All right. I think we did a good job, Brian. I nice. think you're going to go uh, 27 and three. I don't even well, know. If, how many I, games if I go 27 and three, that probably means you're going like six and <laughs> six there you and go. <laughs> Lock it up. Uh, thank you, brother. Bri. Bri, you're on X at the brother. Bri. Is that where yes. we can find you? I, I think I'm still there. Yes. Yes, I am. All right. You can hear him on against all odds podcast every Wednesday and Thursday coming up. Jeff Schwartz helps us break down the Oregon Colorado game. And can coach prime remain undefeated and who he thinks can win the Heisman this season. Also, I'm exposing a very embarrassing picture of Jeff. That's coming up next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Let's bring in our guest. I love this guy. His NFL career spanned eight seasons, during which he played on all 74 teams. It's hard to believe, I know. Um, you can see him and Chris the Bear Felica on Fox Sports. Their show is called Bear Bets. Yes, we're kicking off the Jewish New Year in style. Jeff Schwartz, Happy New Year. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Uh, same to you. Yeah, Happy New Year. Synagogue was good the other day. We, we Are, are you going to fast for Yom Kippur? Are you going to watch Sunday Night Football on an empty stomach? I can't afford to fast. Look at me. I mean, really, I'm I'm famished as it is, really. Uh, no, it's football season. I get all n- nervous and everything. So even if I were religious, I, I couldn't abide by it. But um, Even for your Cowboys? They go to the Super Bowl this year. You, you know that? I want to get to them. But first, I want to get talk about Oregon. Now, by okay. the way, you're a legend over there. You played there for the Ducks 2007. Pac-10, what? All Pac-10 selection? I was a second-team All-Pac-10 one season. But I am... I believe the leading rusher for right tackles in in uh, in conference history have three a uh, three rushing yards. So I actually that, saw that. And do you watch the games differently with that in mind? Do you, do you I get do, nervous yeah. that it's ever going to be I, broken? Yeah. Like you know, like like Cole Strange, he had three rushing yards. I was rooting for two the other night. I just was <laughs> I was just kind of upset. So uh, no, I, I look at the game obviously through the lens of an offensive lineman. But yeah, I'm a, a Oregon legend. At least that's what people tell me. I don't I don't know about that. And so when the conference uh, just falls apart, you'll you'll be able. Maybe they'll throw you a parade because that record will be yours forever. You won't even have to check I, in on it. They'll have some extra money left over, I think. So I should right. definitely. It should be for parades only, just like the, honoring the past of the ghost of the Pac-12 conference. What a shame. We'll get to that in a second. But anyway, I wanted to have you on because I, I love you. I really do. But also, my son is headed to Oregon. This week, probably right after the show, we're basically taking off. And he had a choice between U of O and Boulder. 
And he basically chose U of O because of the football team. And now he's getting slapped right in the face with that choice. The very first week he's up there, the very first day he's up there. Um, how embarrassing a loss would this be to Coach Prime for the school, for my family, for you, maybe in that order? It, it'd be, it would, how embarrassing would it be for Oregon to lose or for Colorado to lose? For Oregon to lose. Oh, well, they're not going to lose, so I'm not worried about that. Okay. It would be it would be bad after you know, after basically recruiting the way we have for a couple of years and the way we played for a couple of years to just not win this game. We're 21-point favorites, no, no Travis Hunter. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm very excited for your son. Is he going to sit in the student section or sit in the bougie seats with you? No, That's he's in the know. student section. And oh, he had, he had to wait on the list for like six hours yeah. to get the ticket, and then it finally came through. Otherwise, yeah, I was going to have to pony up for the uh, – he's going to have to sit with some – someone's parents or something. I didn't know what we were It's going to be crazy. Um, it's yeah. They're doing that stripe game, too, where they dress in you know, green and yellow, green and yellow. And with Colorado being there, it's a day game, too. It's the first game with students back on campus. So uh, really, they're starting on Monday. So they'll, they'll be back on campus for, for the start. Right. It's going to be crazy. Colorado, obviously, with the hype they've gotten, they, they well deserve it, right? They're 3-0. They played some good football. But Oregon's better. I mean, it's, sometimes it just comes down to that. They're better in the trenches. The Travis Hunter injury is a bummer, but he's out for, for at least a month now. They lose their best wide, uh, wide receiver and cornerback. That's mm -hmm. kind of the tough part when you have a, a dual threat player like that. And so um, it'd be a tough, tough game for Colorado, I feel like, which I think we've said previously. So maybe it means nothing. But Oregon's really good. And like your son, we'll, we'll get to see an Oregon win in his first uh, game as a, as a college student. Okay, well, that's good. Well, maybe he can transfer after that. But, yes, we need this win. Let's talk about this crazy Coach Prime movement. Right? I think 9.3 million people watched that Colorado-Colorado State game um, last year or whatever, three years, whenever they last played it, uh, 9,000 would have watched. Like, I, it's insane that people on the East Coast are staying up that late to watch Coach Prime. And he pulled off the win. Um First of all, do you think this is good for the game? I feel like it is good for the game. He drives me a little crazy, but, you know, it's nice to not have to talk exclusively about Nick Saban and, uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney and the guys we, we go after every single year. There's someone new in the mix, right? It's great for the game. I don't know how it can't be. Um, he's bringing eyeballs to a region of the country that doesn't get as, as many eyeballs for college football. I mean, that was a packed after dark game. that got nearly 10 million viewers to watch that. We're just watching for Dion. We're not watching for Colorado State. Sorry, Colorado State. We're watching for Dion, and, and they backed up with wins. I think it's great for college football. It's great that we're not talking about the same things as you mentioned each and every year. And what's great about college football this season, it does feel like there's a couple teams that might win a championship. There's 12 teams that might make a playoff. No, only uh, one team can win, Jeff. It's still the same. Only one team can win the championship. I, I think so. I've, I've been told that. Only one team. Okay. Um, but I do think it's it's there's a lot of options this year where there hasn't been in the past. And so it's nice to talk about – other things, big noon kickoffs going back there next weekend for USC, Colorado. I mean, it's been it's been the rage of everyone. Have you ever seen a situation where both shows were at Colorado or any school for the, for that matter? And so there's a lot of people that enjoy the attention for Dion, and I think rightfully so. I mean, he had Little Wayne there, The Rock was there. I mean, it was incredible how many people showed up. It reminded me of a Pete Carroll USC sideline, and they're winning, and that's the most important thing. They're winning to back it up. As we pivot to the pros, I want to congratulate you and your Kansas City Chiefs. First of all, I don't know how they became your Kansas City Chiefs. It's your brother Mitchell, who is a true Kansas City Chief. I know you. You were there too. You, I don't know. Yeah. You were like a stopover flight to was, Raleigh yes. Durham. You put you were there for a few hours or it, something, but. It, it, 
I chose them, I think, because because it's just it's better to root for Patrick Mahomes than like other quarterbacks. I could have chosen, so I guess, easier. some other team, but I was like, you know what? I'll stick with the Chiefs. I think when Mahomes is done, I'll stop rooting for them, but I'm not right now. He's never going to be done. Uh, the reason I'm congratulating you is because they won the division. They clinched the division at one and one. They were minus one fifty last week after losing to the Lions. And who did they have to chase? The Raiders, who had sole possession of first. And so <laughs> now we know that's a farce. And now they're minus two forty, so you lose a lot of value in them, but. Um, Do you? Yeah. Well, no, but no, I'll, I'll, I'll still hammer it because I'm an yeah. idiot, but uh, listen, I think their defense is the most underrated unit in the NFL. Correct. Right. I got that their right. Defense has been, yes. Their defense has been great. They were good against the lions and much better against Jacksonville. I remember when you, they played five rookies last season on defense and four mm-hmm. of them, obviously in the secondary one, you know, as a defensive lineman and Karloftis has looked better in year two. And so yeah. has, um, you know, Chris Jones, obviously being back against Jacksonville played well, because their offense was stinky yesterday. I think it was the worst offensive performance. I guess not yesterday on Sunday. Worst offensive yeah. performance they've had, I think, under Patrick Mahomes. Like they just were bad. Um, and 100, they, 110 on the field, though. I mean, you're, you're going to expect I, something like that. No, I don't, you don't, I don't know. They, the last time they played in Jacksonville was week one. They scored 40 points. I don't no. really know if that's the reason why they didn't play well. Um, there's just a little bit something off on offense right now. Second half was much better, obviously. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not worried about them at all. If their defense can be this good, even if it drops back a little bit, they're going to be back in the AFC Championship game because they're too good offensively, obviously, to have issues for the whole season. I agree. By the way, this is really why I wanted to have you on. You posted a picture of yourself this summer with the family, and it's a beautiful family. And I think we could pop this up here. Uh, Michael, you have this here, this picture of Jeff. I think you were on the beach with the family. I cut them out because I want to spare them any further embarrassment. But look at this here. And look at your arm. What is going on the top of your right arm? That is, it is so hairy compared to everything else. What did you do? It's just like, that's a, it's kind of like thick. I don't know. It's like really like, it's just like, it's kind of matted down a little bit. It's got to pop back up a little bit. Yeah. It's a little patchy. I'm a little disappointed. I probably need to get like some PRP to fill it in a little bit. It needs to be filled in a little bit. We'll Um, slow down on the Propecia or yeah. Or maybe yeah. uh, Bulk it up uh, everywhere else. You're shooting the Teen Wolf reboot. It's not, it's not great. I'll tell you that. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> the way I look at my body here, especially yeah. like my back here, is like, I don't have to look at it. So I don't care. And I'm like, it's not my problem. Like I don't have to look at my arms. Y'all do. So it's your problem. Right now. Mind. All of America has to look at it too. I mean, yeah. some, some right. people might think that looks, that looks pretty good. I don't know. Sal. I think I, you're covering I, up a weird tattoo. Maybe you went all Dak Prescott on us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That arm hair right there is a, a tattoo. <laughs> oh, wow, a there it is there. again. Yeah. Wow. I have All a right, weird arm hand under there. Yeah. Big tattoo. <laughs> Glad the family's not involved this yeah. time. Give me your best bet of the week. Do you have anything uh, that sticks out? Yeah. So uh, a USC first half at Arizona State. I think it's a 2019, something like that. USC's off a bye. Arizona State uh, is down their starting quarterback. They lost two more quarterbacks this weekend. One is probably going to play, Drew Pine from Notre Dame. It didn't look terribly good when he was in the game on Saturday. And I think USC is just, they're just, they're juggernaut on offense right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, USC first half to cover the first half against Arizona State. You know, that was the trend I stole from you. I'll admit it. And I gave you credit. At least I gave you credit. But that USC, that turnover thing from last year, how yes. like they, their first 12 fumbles, they jumped on all of them or something. What, what, what yes. was it? I mean, yeah, it doesn't they, matter they, now. They, yeah. yeah, they had, I think they, they were 12, they fumbled the ball 12 times, recovered 11 of them. Right. Which is insane. And this year, I think they forced, two turnovers but they played a, they played a terrible schedule like mm-hmm. we don't nothing about usc till they play notre dame in three weeks because they played nevada who's like the worst team in the country 
Stanford without a quarterback who's terrible, just lost to Sac State and uh, San Jose State, who's awful. So, like, we don't know anything about USC until they play Notre Dame. And, okay, but Pac-12 is won by? Uh, Utah still. I'm going with Utah. Utah, okay. Yeah. All right, Utah, and then I think I think it's a Utah-Oregon Pac-12 championship game. It's so hard because they get up for these these conference games. But who did Utah struggle against? Baylor, was it? for three? Yeah, but they're, they, they don't have their quarterback, at least until possibly this weekend. So like, Cam Rising has not Cam played. Rising. Yeah, uh, he's been out, and their backup is out. They played their second, the third, or fourth string quarterbacks for three weeks. Right, Cam Rising is thirty nine years old, though. I he mean, is, what, yeah. what's his excuse? Yeah, um, he his knee is torn up, so uh, he'll he'll be back at some point. I think he'll be back this week. Yeah, that's what happens to senior citizens. You have to yeah, get your knee redone a lot of times. <laughs> All right, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you, Pod Bear bets on Fox, the Harry Upper Arm Convention in Sturgis, Michigan. Am I missing anything, Jeff? No, not really. There you go. This, I will start right there too. It's pretty. I'm glad it's on start. both arms. I yeah. thought it was just a weird thing. No, it was just, just a, both. Right. Yeah, and the back. I won't show you that. It's okay. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. Great Take as care. always. Uh, we will be right back to wrap things up on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Sure to check me out this Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern with the Ringer Wise Guys, John Jastrzemski, Joe House, and Raheem Palmer. That's going to do it for another episode of Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. I want to thank Brother Bry. I want to thank Jeff Schwartz. I want to thank the Arizona Cardinals for sucking so bad. And I want to remind everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. See you next week. Good job by you.